Peace and love. This is Brother Fahim, and you are now listening to the Leave of Logic podcast. You know the vibes. Peace, peace, peace. Peace and love, good people. <laughs> Welcome back. Yet another episode of Lead with Logic, and I am your trusted and loving and doting host, Brother Fahim. Man, life is steady more moving at a light speed pace. I'm trying to keep up, trying to stay in the race, and I'm in it to win it. So, what can I say? Hey, man, as always, um, come on in, relax yourself. Relax your mind, let your conscience be free. And uh, come on, listen to uh, to Brother Fahim, give you a little bit of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. The summer's upon us, y'all. It's officially getting hot. <laughs> At least where I am, it is. It, uh, it's been consistently hot. And that's a good thing because now, you know, we we understand that we can uh, go outside at 8 in the morning. And uh, it might, well, it should be the same at 12 in the afternoon because leading up in the spring, man, it might be 30 in the morning and then 70 by uh, 12 noon or at the apex when the sun is at the apex or the it's highest point, so <clears throat> I'm thankful for that. Man, it's been a lot to go on since I uh, last graced the microphone and talked to you beautiful people. The biggest thing, well, the biggest thing in pop culture, I should say, not in my life, but the biggest thing in pop culture and current events, uh, and maybe not even in, yeah, I say in pop culture because I saw him all over the news. Uh, the Godfather, Kevin, Kevin Rashawn Samuels, uh, passed. Yeah, he passed on us, y'all. Um, and uh, it was it was kind of it was unbelievable. It was really unbelievable because this dude had such an upside, and he had such a, a presence. Uh, so, you know, when the world when the world found out he was dead, man, it was like, whoa, this guy really is gone. He died on May fifth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, so. Um, he kind of motivated and inspired this uh, this podcast for today. So we're going we're going to deal with that, man. Um, I'm gonna tell y'all how I was introduced to Mr. Uh, to Brother Kevin Samuels. I got a brother out in Vegas named Eric. I call him Easy E. Uh, Easy shout out to Easy and also my brother Yuri, who runs Aesthetic Sound Waves, y'all. That's a a pretty bomb uh, podcast that he has. He infuses jazz, rock, hip hop with a little bit of commentary about everything from abstract uh, artwork all the way up to pressing politic, political issues. And so y'all might want to check that out. Aesthetic uh, sound waves. But nonetheless, my brother Easy was, we were talking and he said, um, hey man, it's this cat Fahim on YouTube that I can see you doing what he does, man. Uh, you know, y'all are both pretty eloquent. You know, y'all are both pretty well put together and uh y'all are both damn sure logical like one another so um you should check him out just to get an idea man if you ever want to start a youtube page and i said all right you know i check i check him out see what's going on and uh i went to his he sent me a link and i hit the link and uh yeah and, and, and here kevin samuels is you know of course he was at the end of the journey right he was polished at this point when I caught him. So I'm looking, I'm watching, and you know, he has his whole setup, you know, his whole aura, his vibe, his uh, feng shui, if you will. <laughs> you know, he had the, the 
the uh, the little the little back piece behind him, you know. And then he had that little uh, this light, this microphone. He had that signature piece that's rotating and moving and moving all the time. Excuse me, I call it the hypnotic piece that he has. And I'm watching, and I see how he's you know dressed, and I'm thinking, damn, brother's overdressed for the YouTube, you know. And so I'm listening to him, and I, I probably listened to him all of two minutes, and I was like. Yeah, I don't think this dude is for me. Ah, he seemed cool, you know. He he making some good points, but nah, I don't think he's my flavor. It's not my it's not my uh not my speed. So I just let it go. So one day, that had to have been in 2020. Yeah, and it had to have been maybe mid 2020. So one day in October, I'm headed to the gym. And I get to the gym and I look at my phone and I see on Google, a man says, no, I look on YouTube and it says, man says woman is average at best. (laughs) And they show a brother and a sister, you know, they show them side by side on the screens. And I said, wow, I'm thinking to myself, another fool. But let me, let me. Chime in. Let me listen to what's said. And uh, I saw what the world saw, right? I was introduced a second time, but this time I was like, oh. And I, I I watched the clip. And of course, it was a short clip, right? The media has a good uh, a tendency to show the sensational things. That's why we had to do our own research, brothers and sisters. We can't just go by what was shown. Denzel Washington said, if you watch the news, you're misinformed. If you don't watch the news, you're malinformed. So either way, you need to do your own research. You need to look into things for yourself before you make a judgment. So I took that little short clip and I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty harsh. So then I started to dig this dude up. I was like, you know what? Who is this cat anyway? Let me see. Can I find a full clip so I can really see what he was saying? Then when I found the full clip, I was like, oh, he didn't really call her average at best. He agreed with her. And a, a couple more things happened. But that was my introduction uh, to Kevin Samuels. And then later, once I got familiar with him, i never forget this, right? This was around the time when Donald Trump, the Don, was up for uh, re-election. And I knew he wasn't going. <laughs> you know, when they shut the when they shut the government down and they had those federal workers in the soup line, I told my wife, he's done. He's done. They're not re-elected. He's done. I mean, they were, it was a scandal campaign. It seemed like every other week with Donald Trump. And, hey, he wasn't bad. I actually like Donald Trump. I'm going to go on record and say that. I damn sure liked him better than I liked Joe Biden. Believe that. But, um, yeah, so, you know, there's a show called Queen of Cocktails. Selena Johnson, Vivica Fox, uh, uh, Claudia Jordan, I think is her name, Claudia Jordan, and Lisa Ray McCoy, right? And, and they discuss, these are quote-unquote successful black women, and they're on there discussing topics, uh, you know, current events, things that, you know, pertain to the black community, things that pertain to the American community. They discuss it all, right? Well, 
Ice Cube, if y'all remember, had the contract with Black America. Y'all remember that? Look that up. Uh, and he had gotten with a, a bunch of academics, a bunch of sociologists. He even got with the world-renowned Dr. Claude Anderson, who I've read to you guys uh, at some point in one of these episodes. I've read directly from the book, Poweronomics. But uh, if you know anything about Dr. Claude Anderson, you know that he not only offers a, uh, a problem, but he also lays out the solution. Very practical, pragmatic solution. So Ice Cube and his contract with Black America, he had uh, he had uh, worked with a consultant with uh, Dr. Anderson. So he went on Queen of Cocktails and uh, they ate him up. These black women ate this brother up. They ate him up. It's very interesting. The name of it is, is this the problem with black relationships? This was Kevin Samuels. Uh, video. So y'all might want to check it out before it gets taken down. I'm not sure how they're going to work with all his content, like what, what's going to happen with the ownership of his content since he's deceased. But nonetheless, I looked at this and Kevin Samuels was narrating it. And oh my God, he had me rolling. But he was making all valid points though. And, and you know, what he did was he used this contract, this interview with the Queen of Cocktails and Ice Cube with the basis of the contract black America. He used that to really demonstrate how black women's thinking, some black women, not all, how some black women's thinking has has skewed and has gotten away from the black family as a whole. Because what I listened to everything, right? And you know, a, a few of them were just downright unagreeable. I think Lisa Ray McCord, probably because she worked with him on the players club, she was a little bit more open to listen to his ideas and listen to his justification as to why. Because remember, Ice Cube, if y'all don't know, let me tell you, he had gotten with each other party, the Republican and Democratic Party. He wanted to talk with him because he was trying to get that implemented, right? He was trying to get this contract for Black America administered so that we could benefit, so that we wouldn't just be used like a hooker at night. You know, a lot of times political parties come in and they use us like the side woman. You know, I... I I come and I come and knock you down at night, but we can't really be seen uh, in the daytime. And once I get what I need, I'm gone. And so he was really trying to help us with that. But uh, to no avail, at least with these sisters, they tore him up. And Kevin Sanders said, see, this is what I'm talking about. These black women uh, don't even feel like they are a part of the black collective when it comes to the plight and our issue. Because at one point, they, they asked Ice Cube, where is the... Where's the black woman presence in the contract of black America? He said, wait a minute, I thought that y'all are black people though, right? How can y'all not be represented when it's a contract for black America? Aren't y'all part of black America? They replied, no, our issues are different from black people. So Kevin Sam was like, see, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And he was dead on. He was spot on right. So I was like, wow. So at that point, I was like, you know what? Mr. Samuels is on to something. And uh, I'm going to have to follow him for a little while anyway. Try to keep up with him. So, yeah. So that was my introduction to Mr. Samuels. And when I heard that he had passed, man, I was like, wow, that's crazy. And it really inspired this podcast. So I'm calling this one, uh, since he was an image consultant, I'm calling this the peculiar image of Kevin Samuels. So a little bio on Mr. Samuels. Oklahoma City, uh, Oklahoma 65, that's what they list. Um, now, I read a couple of places where he was born here in Atlanta, and then some place 
sometime, excuse me, between him, uh, him growing up, he moved to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, attended the University of Oklahoma and studied chemical engineering. <laughs> this is on Vlad TV. He talked to Vlad. Vlad was like, man, why did you uh, why did you choose chemical engineering? He was like, because that's where the money was. You know, a lot of people were getting jobs. He said at the point I was there, a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people when they got out of college didn't have any gigs, but the chemical engineering, they were able to attain internships that then turned into uh, legit and, and uh, viable careers. So very logical move. Um, he was married twice, first to his high school sweetheart, and then second to another lady, first last for about a year. <laughs> And then the second one lasted about three years. He uh, he said that he had a, a kid with his first. He didn't bad talk these sisters neither. I thought that was interesting. He was very mature and very logical about it. He said that because uh, Vlad, of course, wanted to ask the questions that, you know, that was kind of inflammatory or sensational. He said, look, man, I don't have anything to say. I, I wish the best for these people. And no one goes into marriage wanting to get divorced. That's the truth. And I think that when a brother or a sister can do that, when they can... Uh, still be amicable and not throw any dirt or mud on the other one that shows maturity at the highest level because at one point whatever your relationship is with that person today at one point you were deeply in love or at least in love enough to marry so but anyhow um he also had cancer by at the age 21 he talked about how he had a tumor the size of a foot in his chest and uh yeah he said why well, everybody was planning their life and how to attack it. I was planning chemo. He said he did chemo for eight months and uh yeah, he beat that thing. So yeah, so he was a fighter. And uh also this is where it gets uh interesting uh for me anyway. He started his YouTube channel in May of twenty fifteen and it was geared toward men. I believe I saw another clip where he said it was called the Lions Den. And uh the lion's den was geared toward, you know, the advancement of men. So he was really purging uh, men's uh, and criticizing men's flaws, right? But he didn't get any traction. He didn't gain any attention. He didn't garner any attention. It wasn't until he switched to the women or when he, he began to discuss relationships and some of the issues that women would face and will face and the mentalities that they should let go of and adopt that's when he really blew up so i say that to say it wasn't just about criticizing the women right he had been doing it for years before with the men and it didn't get any traction so that shows you that's one indicator that he was uh pretty fair and balanced um so yeah so i wanted to give you all before i give you all my personal thoughts right I'm going to just let some other people talk to you, right? So, famed, uh, famed relationship coach, April Mason. Uh, she's a beautiful sister. I've seen her on Instagram. She's talking to the Wall Street Trapper. Uh, obviously, she has an Instagram page. But what she does is, you know, she teaches women about femininity and how to, you know, how to get your king, how to get your husband, using your feminine, uh, your feminine, uh, your feminine aspect, your feminine divine, if you will. Right. Because I know so often a lot of sisters are in the workforce and they have to be brothers don't provide enough oftentimes for sisters to 
be stay at home moms or you know not work but uh when they when they do work you know some a lot of times sisters make a little bit more than brothers but uh they're bosses but my point is sometimes that energy doesn't translate into your domestic life you can be a vp or ceo or a boss on the job but when you come home how do you unpack that how does that translate some of you don't translate some of you like to be the boss at home some of you want to run your man right some of you want to beta male <laughs> y'all want a man y'all can run that's what that's what some of you want and so uh what this sister teaches against that but i want to give you some female perspectives on black women because when we deal with or when we think about kevin samuels we tend to think about this this harshness or this uh insensitivity that he had or expressed toward black women so so let's listen to Miss April Mason. She put this on her uh, Instagram. And I'm reading straight from her Instagram. She said this. Remember, she was a, a dating coach. <clears throat> After 10 plus years of helping women in this area, it's time to move on. I've had dozens of success stories from women who now married, engaged, or dating high caliber men. My track record speaks for itself. Wink emoji. However, the majority that come to me have unrealistic expectations. The selfishness, fake everything, think they should be chosen because they have a vagina and good looks. The entitlement, just mean, not knowing the difference between being a woman and a wise woman. And will fight you to be strong, not knowing how to be versus do. Thinking, if, thinking being a feminine woman is weak or a pick me, quote unquote, whatever that is. Placing the blame and not taking responsibility or accountability for the choices they made in men. Mm. Being disagreeable, defensive, argumentative about everything. Always finding something to nitpick about. Looking for perfection. She put that in all caps. <laughs> if you mention anything about doing something kind for the man they chose, it's the, what is he going to do for me? And the list goes on. Now, this doesn't excuse men's behavior. I agree. A lot of men think because they are high earning, it makes them a high value man. Dot, dot, dot. Not. I'm going to say that again. A lot of men think because they are high earning, it makes them a high value man. Not. That's deep. She recognizes that being high value is more than just what you offer via your wallet if you listen to my show you know my definition of a high value man is a brother who gives knowledge wisdom and understanding to not only his queen or his goddess but his whole tribe his whole village which that which is that in his home regardless of my financial position at any time i'm always going to be the lion king it don't matter how i support pride rock by bringing in i always bring more than enough in that can keep my family nourished if you believe in the bible i think it says man does not live on bread alone now that's not to take an emphasis and the importance off of provision not doing that i'm just saying if that's what you are relying on to call yourself high value or to maintain your your familiar or your spousal ties then you're in trouble 
I have just made my contribution and impact in this area for decades to come. I have over 50 courses that women who may need help in this area can rent or buy. Link in the bio. New courses will be added this week. Oh, and then she put with a rose. Uh, a wise woman knows how to exit on a high note. <laughs> that was Miss April Mason. You can look her up. She's on IG. She's on YouTube. She's everywhere. She has her own uh, uh, website, all of that good stuff. Next and first was Rebecca Lynn Pope. And Miss Pope, um, her whole thing was, you know, a lot of you guys, and I'm par she didn't write anything. I just listened to her YouTube. Uh, she talked about it. She did a live where she talked about it, or she did a video. And her whole thing was a lot of you guys, a lot of women uh, have these standards that they can't even meet themselves, right? They think that men are going to be like women. That, that their values essentially are the same, right? When that's not it. You know, you're asking for six, as I think Kevin, Kevin Sanders always said, six figures, six feet tall, six pack. But you don't measure up to what they want. What about what the man wants? I mean, isn't it logical if you're going to try and maintain something or someone, you know what it's going to take to maintain them. You have to know what they're into or what they like in order to keep them, right? Well, she's saying you guys don't even care. The sisters don't even care what they, what these brothers want. And, you know, you have to come off your high horse. She, she you know, she talked about how she dated. This is Rebecca Lynn Pope now, another uh, former black woman relationship coach. She said she talked about how you know, she she had all these different stipulations and standards of men that she would not date, right? And she ended up marrying the very thing that she would not date because she opened up her mind, right? And she got out of her own way. This sister was like, a lot of y'all standards are going to stand y'all right on about the game. She's like, and these men that y'all talking about, the, the, the ballers, the bosses, the CEOs, the wealthy, the ones with the finances that y'all seem to want, they are the players in the holes. She said, just like a man can't make a hole into a housewife, a woman can't make a hole into a husband. <laughs> so that's Rebecca Lynn Pope, another black woman. Y'all can look her up. She's a relationship coach, right? And next is my sister, Ilyana Fix My Life Van Zandt. She says, black, this is on essence, and I'm just merely reading it. Ileana Van Zandt says, black women are still out of order. The way we are moving in the world, it's time for us to close our legs. The life coach says, close your legs and open your heart. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm getting down to the paragraph. She was dealing with Lisa Ray McCoy. Maybe y'all saw that episode when she dealt with Lisa Ray and her mom and all that stuff. But uh, this is what she had to say about sisters and brothers in relationship. Speaking specifically about romantic relationships, she adds, the men are trying to get themselves together, but we are so far ahead of them and we really, and we don't really occupy that space. And so we keep getting in these transient relationships, bringing children in when we're unprepared. 
They're unprepared. The number of children in foster care, the number of children in difficult situations. I know what it's like to start out thinking everything's going to go well. Then in a year or two, then in a year, two years in, you're like, what happened? So we've got to be a little bit more prepared on the front end so we don't have so much difficulty on the back end. In other words, let me say this in layman's terms, vet these men better. Be more accountable for who you choose, sisters. That's what she's really saying. Um, I say that because I love us and I love children and I just want us to do better. Right. So Ilyana is, is dealing with that accountability piece. Right. She's saying, hey, if you get in a bad situation, you probably put yourself there. So you might want to it might be good at the front. But if it's bad at the back, you have to own up that you uh, you place yourself right there. You put yourself right in that predicament. And next is my sister. Last but not least, my 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 favorite, Miss <laughs> Shaharazad, Queen Mother Shaharazad Ali. For those of y'all who are not familiar with Shaharazad Ali, she's been on Donahue, she's been on Montel. In the early 90s, she wrote a book called The Black Man's Guide to Understanding the Black Woman. And just like Kevin Samuels, she set the world afire, except there was no internet back then. But black people were just as pissed and just as upset and uh, just as in a tizzy, right? But um, it's in its countless videos on all these sisters, but Shahara Ali has really popped back up. Uh, she's been mentioned by our late, great Kevin Samuel. She's been mentioned by the Manosphere, the brother who runs uh, mediocre, mediocre videos. He's part of the Manosphere. O'Shea, Duke, Jackson, all of those guys. But she started to reappear because obviously these problems are still, uh, uh, they're still uh, resonating. They're resounding issues that we have not uh, found a, uh, an answer to. But um, in an interview that's on YouTube, it's a long interview. I just took a snippet of it. Ms. Ali says, you know, black women never had anybody to check us or our behavior. Just because we have a job don't mean we don't practice behaviors that are infecting on our homes and help to hold black men down. And that was just a little bit of what she said. And by the way, the book that they always talk about the black man's guide to understanding the black woman, but they never talk about the black woman's guide to understanding the black man. She's just she's another person that's just as critical, just as um, uh, 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 harsh or abrupt with black men as she is with black women. So this is not, you know, a one-sided thing. It's, it's, it's literature, it's, it's a video, it's interviews, it's speeches that she's given where she gives you exactly what her point is, right? Um, and she's very balanced in it. And she also is a follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, right? She's part of that old guard, the old nation, where they supported their men. And you know what? I, Another reason I like Charles Ali, I saw in the interview she did, she said, you know, a black man is more than his money. He's more than his money. If he can't offer you finances, that doesn't mean he's a weak man. That doesn't mean he's a worthless or valueless man. Right? And so I can appreciate, but, you know, at the same time saying brothers need to do their thing. Right? Nobody's letting them off the hook. Nobody's saying brothers, you know, they don't need to add value. They don't need to offer provision. That's not it. They do. But uh, Miss Ali, uh, a lot most times when she's speaking, she's speaking uh, straight from 
at least the mentality or the theology of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So I know it's coming it's coming from a place that uh, ultimately seeks to see the the uh, construction and the strengthening and the maintenance of the black family. And that's what we should all be looking to do in the end. That should be our ultimate goal. But uh, yeah, April Mason, Rebecca Lynn Pope, Ilyana Van Zandt, Shaharazad Ali. I want to mention all those sisters because I want to put in context that what Kevin Samuels was saying was not anything new. It was not anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't. It wasn't at all. He didn't make these things up. It wasn't like he just started bashing black women. He came up with this hate speech, right? Because uh, what I've seen online is a lot of sisters celebrating this man's demise, this man's untimely demise. And that's unfortunate. Erica Lachey said, you know, whenever you whenever a black man dies, you know, we treat we teach the mainstream society how to uh, handle that, how it's supposed to be treated. Right. She said, for instance, when Kobe Bryant died, it was one of our own. That's, you know, she said, you know, the, the white folks start having allegations, but. It was a sister who, you know, jumped on him and degraded this man. He was deceased. But we degraded him. You know, we talked about it. And we did. And Gail King. And by the way, Jada Pinkett jumped on that train, too, on the Red Table Talk. That's what, not not uh, changing the subject, but that's when she kind of, that's one of the points where she lost me. That's when I said, yeah, this broad is space ghost. She's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You know, when she did that. Are you serious? But I digress <laughs> in my Tariq Nasheed voice. But I digress. Um, yeah, we, we show people how to value or devalue us. Yeah, as a community. So we have to do a little bit better. Yeah, we have to do a, bit, a little bit better in trying to function within a code, you know, trying not to degrade each other in life, and especially not in death, because it's really shameful and it's kind of embarrassing. No, it, actually, it's really embarrassing. So... But yeah, so yeah, I just want to get those female perspectives on uh, brother, brother, brother Samuels, Mr. Kevin Samuels. So now let's deal with a little bit of Kevin's own philosophies. Let's 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 look at his staple or his uh, signature philosophies. Right. The first would be, you know, we would always hear Kevin say, "Peace out to my fit." Feminine and friendly queens. I'm going to say that again. Fit, feminine, and friendly. Right? Maybe not in that order. But that, those were basically the, the, the those intangibles, those internal intangibles that he felt like a goddess or queen should have. Being fit, being feminine, and being friendly. Well, how does that look? Being fit. When you watch his videos, it, it's some pretty... Some pretty standard things and some pretty uh, recurring things that you you'll see, right? You would always see him questioning. He's calm. He's well dressed. He's in his his environment with the with the hypnotic piece that's always spinning, and he always asks the same questions: How tall are you? What's your dress size? Now he asked that commensurate with how you dealt with what you wanted like what was your standard 
And also, he also listened. He was a great listener, right? So he listened because he wanted to see what was the mentality of the young lady, right? What, what was she expecting? Did she have high expectations? Did she have low? And did she have medium? And why? Okay, and if she had high, if she had an excessive or an, uh, a, a grander sense of self, a bigger sense of self, then he would go right into, yeah, what, what's your, how tall are you? What's your dress size? Well, see, that matters. In the black community, what we have done is we have normalized being overweight and out of shape. A lot of us have normalized it. That's not a knock to people who are overweight and out of shape. I'm out of shape right now, quite honestly. I'm not in the shape that I, you know, I'm not overweight, so to speak, or morbidly obese, but I am out of shape. But a lot of our culture, we have normalized that, meaning we're comfortable with it. And how does that manifest, right? How does that look? You know, I see a lot of, I see a lot of gentlemen going outside with wave caps and do-rags on. When I was coming up, I was taught that you were supposed to get prim and proper inside of the house so that when you go outside of the house, you're trimmed and you're looking nice. But you never do that outside of the house because that certain things aren't meant for the public to see. Right? Women used to, the beauty salon was a place that men generally stayed out of because this is where they got themselves together for their men, right? The husband, the wife wanted to look good for her husband. If a woman had a date with a potential spouse or a potential boyfriend, whatever, she wanted to look her best, but she didn't, you know, sit outside and go through that beautification, so-called beautification process, right? That was something to be done behind closed doors. And now where am I going with that? Hey man, I see a lot of people wearing things uh, that they, it might be, it's not advantageous to them to wear. You know, when you're fitting in shape, you know, the world is your oyster in the clothing realm. But when you're not, you know, you kind of, they make clothes that are, you know, bigger, but a lot of times we don't want it because it's extra, right? It's a lot of extra fabric, and it's not as uh, it's not as uh, kind to our figures, and 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 it's a little bit too revealing. But it's become, in my from my observation, and it's been some years now, man, it's become a, a thing like yoga pants. Is that what they call them? Yoga pants, uh, leggings. That's it. That's it. Leggings have become like something. It's like that. It's exploded. Now, you know, I'm a, I'm a natural man, right? So I see people, and I'm like, okay. You know, the leggings. And I see others, and I'll be like, damn. Maybe that wasn't the right choice. But everybody have control of their body. I'm not trying to tell nobody what to do with their body. My point is, um, there used to be a little bit of discretion. I don't want to say shame, but there used to be a little bit of discretion back in the day for how we looked how we appeared in our shape. You know, we were a little bit small. We were smaller people. We done gone, you know, we've gotten bigger. You know, this this explosion, I think, of weight comes from us eating out. We have means to eat out now. We're not eating as many home-cooked meals. You know, we don't exercise in the way that we should, right? And, and you, again, I did a, a podcast on 
uh, health, uh, our overall health, what I, you know, what it's looking like, our, our morbidity, you know, our obesity rates, they're high. You, everybody listening to me, if you're African-American, you got somebody in your family who's overweight, got hypertension or diabetes, one of those. You do. And it, it can be it can be cured or curbed with a simple uh, lifestyle modification. Some of y'all going to say, well, it's inherent. It's, it runs in my family, too. <laughs> it runs in my family as well. But uh, I use it as a motivation to stay away from it so that it doesn't catch me. But nonetheless, um, we should have a standard of staying in shape. You know, used to be in the Nation of Islam, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the mother plane was coming back, right? And everybody wasn't going to be able to get on the mother plane because some people were going to be out of shape. So that was motivation for people to get in shape, to try to stay at a certain weight at their body, at, at their height. You know, they try to keep their body mass index, right? The BMI, they try to keep it low, right? They try to keep themselves uh, small as possible. Because we understand with fat and with uh, overweight, when you're overweight, that brings on different health ailments, right? Not knocking anybody. Let me, let me say that again, because we live in such a politically correct society now. And, you know, there's this body shaming movement. I'm not body shaming anybody. I'm not. I, I'll give y'all a secret. Uh, si uh, shape Trump size any day. You can be big, but if you got a size, most brothers are going to deal with you. 90% of us going to deal with you. But no. But yeah, being fit, that was that's not too much to ask for. And not just for vanity purposes, right? For health reasons. Being fit. Being feminine. What does that mean? Being feminine. Right? What does that mean? Being feminine means complimenting the masculine. You know, a lot of, a lot of sisters want a man's man. They want an alpha, but they want to tell him how to be an alpha. Let's not even say an alpha. Let's say a leader. Let's say a good man. But they, they want to control him in a way. Right? They they have this image of how he should be. Because secretly they feel like maybe they could run the house better. Or maybe they're smarter. Or, hey, I make more money. Hey, I have more social status. Right? But being feminine means to be, uh, to compensate that masculine divine with your feminine divine. That's where April Mason came in. I think that's where she was very good at teaching sisters how to, like I said, unpack that maybe that masculine energy that she'd have to exert in corporate and allow her to become back into her femininity when she comes in the domestic space in her home. Right? So, man, you know, and both of those energies uh, crave one another, right? The masculine craves the feminine and the feminine craves the masculine. So ask yourself, sisters, are you feminine? Do you allow that feminine divinity to flow through you with your husband, with your boyfriend, with whoever? Is that something that you take pride in doing? And lastly, being friendly. You know, when I think about being friendly, I relate this word to uh, being submissive. You know, when you say submissive to some women, whew, they'll fight you. But really, submissive just means being compensating, just, you know, being agreeable. Not to say that you're a yes woman, right? But, you know, being supportive, being loving, being all around pleasant. 
brothers, do y'all have is y'all woman friendly? Is is she agreeable? Is she is she submissive? Is she pleasant with you? Is she supportive? Is she loving? These are things that we crave, regardless of how much of a man's man we are. These are things that we love. This is really the validation that we need when we go out into a world that we do not manipulate or control. We need a, a loving, uh, supportive, pleasant woman to help us, to help us to recharge so we can go back out there and do whatever we need to do. Right? So feminine, so fit, feminine, and friendly. The next thing, and I think the most uh, popular uh, thing that he really discussed was this whole idea of a high value man. Yeah, he talked about a high value man and what a high value man really was, right? And, um, you know, he had a, I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> I don't have each of the points, but it's, it was like a, it was some points. If you type in Kevin Samuels, high value man in YouTube, you can pull it up and he'll break down the points. But, um, my, what I wanted to ask about the high value man thing was this, or what I, what I wanted y'all to consider is this, this whole high value man thing, you know, this is not something that he was creating himself. He put his own spin to it, but he had researched it. This was something that he had looked into, right? Because he wanted to better understand the needs or the desires of these women, you know? And so uh, they wanted a certain type of man and it just happened to be a high value man, right? But my question is this, is this whole concept of high value man, was that something of a desired type for you organically? Is that authentically what you wanted? Or was that what was forced upon you, right? What I mean forced upon you? Do you, are you, is it reinforced by the music and the media and the social media that you consume? The type of music that you listen to, the type of movies that you indulge in, are all these things uh, reinforcing, hey, I need someone who can provide A, B, and C. And if he can't, he's not in my league. He's not qualified. I need Daddy Warbucks from Annie, except he needs to be more pleasant than Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> right? I need these things. I need Thurston Howe from Gilligan's Island, except I need him to be a little bit more nice to me. Than he was to love it. <laughs> you know what? This whole high value thing, and, that, and that's my point really with the high value thing. Kevin didn't force this upon these ladies. These ladies called in with that type in mind. And go back and watch. Not all of them. Not all of them. But a large majority of them did. And then again, disprove what I'm saying. Sisters. Get with your friends. Ask them honestly. Get with their friends. Get with your friends. Get with the older ladies. Get with your body of your your body of peers, and really discuss what it is you look for in a man, and what kind of man do you want. What are your What are your requirements for love? Do you have any requirements, and and what do they look like? Right. 
So yeah, that whole high value thing is something that society forced upon people and we've just run with it. We've run with it. You know, we've totally run with it. Because, you know, in this society, it takes two to be able to survive. So, you know, you're looking for a man who makes, he has to make six plus figures. Well, and, and he always would give the, the numbers. He would always make them argue numbers. What number or percentage of black men make these type of salaries? It's not very high at all. You know, when there's high demand and low supply, you're going to pay more, right? Now, what that looks like in a spouse, you're going to have to put up with a little bit more. That's what he was saying. You have to deal with a little bit more. It's not going to be the humble brother. You know, it's going to be something else. You know, when when one aspect of the body is, is uh, negated, another one is emphasized. Right. So where the brother might not have the financial support, he'll have other other places where he can support and other he'll he'll round himself out. He'll round himself off. So, yeah, that whole high value thing is garbage. It's really trash. And I, you know, from what I saw, he was trying to show them, show these sisters just how trash and garbage it really was. Um, now, he was a mirror. Most times he was a mirror. So if you call and you were bellicose or belligerent, he was going to be belligerent and bellicose right back with you. As he should have. As he should have. You know, I have a saying with people. Crazy knows where to be crazy at. I say this all the time. The monkey knows what tree to wipe his butt on. The thing is this. If you're going to be crazy, be crazy all around. Don't be. Don't pick and choose your crazy spots. See, my 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 attitude with people is this. Treat me how like how you treat the uh, the white man give me that respect right when they tell you in school or his establishment or at their establishment and they should right everybody has rules and policies when you go to a, a certain restaurant if they tell you listen we're not letting people in because you don't have a dress shirt on hey go put a dress shirt on or leave and most people they comply so why wouldn't you comply to that black man standard on his channel why would you call that trying to overtalk? Don't overtalk me. Don't overtalk me. How many of y'all try to overtalk? How many of y'all even know how to really communicate? Right? How many of y'all listen to really respond and not just, I'm, I'm sorry, you listen to understand and respond, not just come back with something quick with it. Just to show that, hey, I can keep up with you. You're not going to dominate me. Right? So, yeah, Kev had his standards and his rules, and he should have, as we all should, on our premises, on our businesses. Yeah, that's understandable. But, uh, yeah, so the next thing was realistic standards of companionship. And this goes hand in hand with the high-value woman, the high-value man, excuse me. You know, Martin Lawrence said this in a run tell that, when he was talking about, it was one uh, part of the show, he was like, okay, what if, uh, he said a woman, he was talking about relationships, he was like, all right, well, if, uh, say, a, a, a woman, a man coming in with billions and millions of dollars, you know what I'm saying? He coming in with everything, and uh, you coming in with a goddamn bag, that's it. You coming in with a bag, you know, what, what is that? You, you think you should get half? You know, 
that's just an example of how, you know, there's no compromise, right? There has to be compromise in any relationship, especially if it's going to work long term. Compromise is the name of the game, baby. It's the name of the game. They don't teach us that, right? They teach us that that Cinderella, Disney World, fairy tale, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White. They teach us that. That's what love looks like. You know, kissing right off into the sunset. And that's everything. That's the farthest thing from the truth. <laughs> it takes a little bit more. But, you know, being realistic about what you bring to the table. And it's not just financially. You know, what do you bring by knowledge, by way of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding? Right? How can you help us? How can you feed me? How can you help me be the best person I can be? It's not always money. A lot of the people who have helped everybody up under the sound of my voice, they didn't always help you with money. They gave you a precious jewel of wisdom. And that took you farther than money. It might have helped you get the money that you got. So how do you how do you bring what do you bring to the table realistically? Now they're saying, what do I bring to the table? I am the table. <laughs> That's funny to me. That's funny and vain. It's hilarious. You know. But yeah, he made sure you were uh being realistic about it. And I think that was a lot of the issues, right? That was a lot of issues. Let me say this too, before I go, and, and maybe I did, maybe I didn't say it, I can't remember, but a lot of people didn't listen to his his content in its entirety, right? They took a few snippets, a few taglines, and they ran with it. And they began to, you know, criticize and criticize. You know, they really did. And it was it was horrible. That's why, you know, you always want to, you always want to get the complete story or the complete picture before you try to, you know, judge it or gauge what it means because you can come up flat out wrong you can come out wrong if you do that so in order for you to understand the context of a thing you have to understand a thing or at least view a thing in its totality you can't just take a part of a thing and say oh this is bad no no you have to look at it it's in, in its totality especially a human being especially their words especially their commentary because oftentimes you can take a slice and you can run with it either way, bad or good, you know. You can run with it. So, yeah, we need context when we deal with Mr. Samuel. If you don't, if you've never listened to one of his shows in its entirety, regardless of you think you couldn't sit through it, then you have to in order to get a more accurate picture of who he was and why people are coming to his aid and his demise rather than why people are trying to, you know, get back at a dead man. Um, <clears throat> one of my favorite things, he was pro-masculine black man. You know, they were having a discussion that I thought was interesting. They were talking about how female-led homes, matriarchies, produce and could produce only weak male leadership. And I said, hmm, that's, they might be on to something. They might be on to something. I'm not I, I'm not saying that's true, but I will say that it would be um, it would be to a woman who wanted to be in control or had some kind of power kick that would absolutely be 
to her advantage, right? But that's not to say, I say I don't know how true that is because, you know, a lot of sisters also feel like, look, I want a man to help me. I want him to make these decisions. Shoot. I want him to lessen the load however he can, you know? So, um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting because that makes sense, you know, in order for the woman to fully have her reins and control of the family, uh, the males have to be weak, you know, so to speak. But uh, it makes for uh, good research and good consideration. And uh, and lastly, he was pro-black family. You got to listen to the interview he did with, well, he was on Clubhouse, and he was it was right it was December of 2020. It was right after the uh, average at best had go, the average at best clip had gone viral. You know, he really he was talking to uh, Rick, what's his female name, Rochelle Richie, Rochelle Richie, something like that. And they were kind of questioning him and pressing him. And he was like, nah, you know, when you listen to it, it's in totality. You know, I was very nice to her. You know, you get a more of a picture of what she was saying. You know, she said she was average at best. You know, she said she didn't want to deal with average men. I told her, well, with that mentality, you will die alone because you're not willing to open up and step outside of the box to find someone who might be better for you, more suited for you and more, uh, more uh, likely to approach you, you know. So, you know, he was trying to, you know, and he talked about black men and women getting together. And he also talked about how he wasn't perfect because they, you know, they mentioned him being married twice. They mentioned him being single and not married at that time. And he said, none of that matters. None of that takes away from the truth. And it does not. We have to get out of this mentality uh, that the truth is uh, reflective of if we like it or not. It's determined by how we feel about it. The truth need not a friend. So, and finally, my personal perspective, right? Like I just said, the truth need not a friend. You know, it's not based on, it's validity isn't based on, you know, what we feel about it, if it helps or harms us. The truth is what it is. Um, yeah, it is what it is. And he spoke the truth. A lot of people didn't like it, but they couldn't never say he was lying. You know, and again, when you look, he, I think his last video I read somewhere, I didn't watch it, but I think I read somewhere where he said, you know, he addressed the 35 and pointless. He addressed, you know, a lot of the myths or the misperceived statements that were put out as hashtags. You know, he, he discussed at least the one about 35 and up being uh, leftovers, you know. Um, he was also a, a mirror of the energy he received. Uh, of most of those people that he interacted with on the show. You know, um, when they called in, combative, he gave them combative right back. And it was also entertainment. Now, you got to remember, uh, with entertainment, there has to be some drama. You know, y'all will watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, you know, or Real Housewives of Potomac, whatever it is. Y'all will watch that, or uh, Real Hip Hop of Atlanta, Real Hip Hop of New York, and all the foolishness and all the drama, the manufactured, uh, you know, conjured up y'all watch all of that every single time and have um no problems with the uh, conflict but as soon as you know you see kevin samuels telling people get off his line or get on you know it's an issue 
um, his methods, last thing I want to say this, his methods could be harsh, but his message was always truthful and well-intended. Did I agree with how he did things? No. Did I criticize his methodology? Yes. Um, I don't think that negativity, sometimes when you become, uh, when you step over that line of negativity a little bit too far, then you cannot sustain a high position. And so I felt like, you know, Kev stepped over that boundary sometime with his message, meaning how he dealt with a lot of the callers. But the truth that he was speaking, yeah, I rarely ever disagree with that, if ever. You know, I might have, I might be of a different opinion of him, but that didn't mean I didn't understand where he was coming from and I didn't recognize it as truth. You know, you know, um, and one last thing he said <laughs> that I thought was funny. He was talking about Steve Harvey. He said, you know, these women are so fickle, right? Steve Harvey been married three times and he is no relationship guru. But since the relationship advice that he's giving is to their best interest and their benefit and to their liking, then they accept him, right? I remember when Tony Rock was talking about black people picking somebody else as a relationship coach because Steve Harvey was not qualified. That's on YouTube too. And it still cracked me up at his delivery. And he was telling, he was speaking facts. So, but he said, you know, I, I'm not saying something that they like. And so, uh, me being, me being or not being a relationship guru comes into a uh, relevance, but with Steve, it doesn't. Brother, sister, don't be caught out there to celebrating anybody's death that you just don't agree with their philosophy. That's not a good reason to do that. I hope that I've given you all something that you can learn, that you can uh, go back and research and it can help you by way of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Uh, it's unfortunate that Kevin Samuels passed in the manner, in the in the way that he did. And so, um, yeah. I wish you guys nothing but a, a great week. And I hope that uh, y'all will get back with me. And as I always say, may we meet again in the light of understanding. Peace and love, y'all.